and welcome back to the Sporting Global podcast. And today we have with us Dirac Lee. Dirac, thank you so much for taking the time. How's how's life in uh, Spain and Barcelona these days? Well, uh, everything is as good as uh, it can get. <laughs> Uh, due to the situation, but uh, we have a wonderful day today, and everything is good. And we, we, I mean, like we got we just gotta focus on the good things, right? You know, that's that's what matters. Of course, like you know, it's it's been a challenge. I think everyone is like, you know, when is 2020 going over? We need we need the 2021. For some reason, I think everyone thinks it's gonna be like fine at January 1st, but you know, let's. Let's no, I, I don't think it's about uh, the 2021. It's about to have a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Well, today, I mean, like, we have a very interesting topic on our hands. We're very glad that, that you, Didik, will be with us and, and talk about this. And, you know, we're going to dive into a little bit of, like, an business angel's perspective on, like, you know, what, what kind of, you know, opportunities are out there for the for the sports startups, uh, you know, what kind of challenges they're facing. And, and it's just going to, we're going to dig a little bit into, you know, your background and your experience, which is, which is a vast majority within the, within the startup ecosystem. So, but before we do that, I think it would be great if you could just share a little bit about, you know, your background, your experience, a little bit about your journey. So, you know, our viewers, our listeners can, can get to know a little bit about you. Sure. Of course. I'm Didak. Uh, my parents are uh, Chinese, but I was born and raised uh, in Spain. I'm from a small town uh, called Figueras. Nice. Uh, one hour and a half ago from Barcelona, more or less, okay. where the Dali Museum, uh, we have a, a famous painter uh, here. Right, right, right. And uh, my family was the very first uh, non-Caucasian family in our province. So I grew up thinking that I was the only Chinese guy in the world. And <laughs> when my mom teach me Chinese, I was so uh, annoyed because I said, that's totally useless. We are the only Chinese family in the world. Why should I uh, learn Chinese? Because <laughs> here right. we have Spanish, we have Catalan. Uh, so it was very tough for me, uh, for, for them. I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I st- uh, uh, when I was a kid, I uh, was totally different physically, but when I play football, I feel myself integrated with the local society. For right. me, the team sports was a way to integrate myself in the, sure. uh, with the society. And I think my interest into sports started then. Uh, right. My childhood dream was to be uh, a professional football player and play for FC Barcelona. Nice. But unfortunately for me, I was so bad, I was not uh, able even to play in my school team. Mm. So uh, I think I had uh, to change my mind. And right. at the age of uh, 10, I think, I started with computers. Uh, I started to code my own software. I went to the university. My dream was to build something related with computers. I have no, uh, not a clear idea. <laughs> and then to, uh, after two years starting the university, I discovered internet and I founded my uh, first company. It was a internet service provider. Nice. And uh, this was 25 years ago. 
25 years ago. Uh, it's been a, a long time. And uh, since then, I've been uh, building companies since I was 21 until today. Yeah, and I, I'm the founder of eight companies uh, uh, around 800 people, 300 million in revenues. Yeah, yeah. And uh, five years ago, I started to invest as a business angel and, uh, and professionally with uh, my investment fund uh, that we are investing in other funds in Silicon right. Valley and China, uh, mainly, okay. and some parts of Europe. Right. And uh, I didn't make it for become a professional uh, football player, but I joined the board of FC Barcelona uh, 10 years ago, and go. I've been a board member for 10 years until one month ago, more or less. <laughs> and, so uh, you still ended up in FC Barcelona, though, in, in, in a sense, you know? Yeah, in a sense, yes. I think if you can make it for become a professional football player, you might be uh board member <laughs> right right you know so that's the closest that uh <laughs> you uh, you can get and yeah 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 this has been uh, the summary of my journey until today uh, that's that's awesome and, and and there's there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge from there i'm just thinking like also like tech technological wise right how much has happened the last 25 years you know like i'm 29 now and i'm just thinking like whoa all the four uh, years, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so like Essentially, like the journey that you've been part of, like te technologically too, has been massive. And I mean, like, I guess we can talk a little bit about that too. But, but I'm kind of like curious. Of course, you mentioned a little bit, of like, okay, you had this dream of like working for, or like, or playing for FC Barcelona one day. But, but like, what, what was sort of like your first involvement in 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 the sport business industry, sort of like from a professional hmm. standpoint? Sure. Uh, I love sports. Uh, and uh, even that I started with an internet service provider that it was um, a more engineering kind of right. business. Right. Uh, 20 years ago, I co-founded an e-commerce of scuba diving supplies. Mm. Uh, and this company uh, nowadays is one of the top uh, outdoor retailers uh, in Europe. Uh, and since then, I've been um, I've been involved in several uh, sports tech uh, business or digital sports uh, business. Right. Uh, because right. I've been uh, witnessing how uh, technology uh, transform uh, several industries, and right. I think uh, now is the time for sports. For sure. uh, yeah. What makes what what makes sort of like the sport industry unique for you in a sense i mean like everyone talks a little bit about passion i mean like we saw like this video as well i don't know if you've seen it but like from mark cuban he talked about like you know when he when he uh, took over like dallas mavericks as an owner and like all the business successes had but that feeling when in like dallas mavericks did something well like the entire city you know of dallas like went 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 nuts so like i was kind of like you felt you know that sort of you know, emotion, I guess, like you've been feeling some part of it being part of the board of, of FC Barcelona. But can you talk a little bit about like what, what makes the sport industry like unique for you? And, and so like, why do you want to be or why have you kind of like get yourself involved in that? Yeah, I think it's uh, in my in my case, uh, it, it was uh, something very uh, coincidental. I, I mean that right. I, I didn't mean to be a uh, 
a, a sports tech entrepreneur. Right. Uh, I, because uh, my passion was scuba diving. Right. And it was very hard for me to find uh, scuba diving supplies for them because I live in a small town and the big shops were in Barcelona or Madrid. Right. And uh, it's a very, in Spain, it's a very seasonal sport and uh, there's not much stock uh, of the um, equipment that I wanted to buy. So that's why I, I thought to start um, a scuba diving uh, e-commerce. And it started with a scuba diving, but nowadays we have 14 verticals. And I think everything in life start, uh, uh, all the ventures start with a need, a yeah. deep need that you, uh, that, that you have. And uh, in my case, it was, uh, I want to find a scuba diving supplies and I cannot buy. I mean, right. It sounds stupid and it's very silly, uh, but for me, it was a big pain 25 years ago, you know, right. because 25 years ago, it's not like today that yeah, you yeah. go to Amazon and you have everything. <laughs> 25 years ago, and right. especially if you live in a small city, yeah. you have nothing. No decathlon. For everything. <laughs> yes. And uh, everything was very limited. So yeah. I think everything started with a need, uh, started with a passion. Right. And, and in the case of sports, I think it's very interesting because you can leave sports... Uh, uh, in uh, several uh, uh, points of view, uh, you can, uh, yes, as somebody that uh, is doing a sport that is very healthy uh, lifestyle, you can see the sports as um, uh, fun, uh, which is right. great. That uh, this is more uh, the entertaining part of sport, eh? because yeah. I believe in the intersection of sport and entertainment. And yeah, sure. as a fan, you watch your team winning and that's about passion. That is not about doing uh, uh, doing a sport. Eh? I mean, uh, right. to watch, again, you can get annoyed or you can get very happy, <laughs> you know, uh, depending on the, yeah, the performance of, of, of your team. You know? right. So I think that's, uh, I think the difference between sports and other, uh, uh, verticals in, te uh, in technology is yeah. for uh, there's uh, the passion, the emotion, the engagement. Because if you are into cybersecurity, maybe you can love what you do. Uh, right. That can be wonderful, yeah, but yeah. it's not the same uh, engagement. Eh? Uh, for sure, it's, it's, it's not the same. For sure. So I mean, like obviously, like let, let's talk a little bit about what possibilities though do you see right now for for sports tech startups? Because obviously, you know. 2020 has been like uh, a crazy year uh, for everyone. I, I don't know how we're still, you know, coping up with everything that is going on, but it's just that everyone is like the faith that that's that, that things will go back, you know, to maybe not normal, but you know, things will go go better. Uh, and we always talk about the whole thing, like with crisis comes innovation, right? So like it's also a great opportunity. And and from your side, like what kind of opportunities do you see now in the in the sport? tech sport business industry sure i think uh, tech and digital has been transforming several industries for sure uh, and uh, when somebody asked me uh, where is the best industry to invest i used to answer uh, look for an industry that has been not the, the digitally incisive yet right and 
uh, and sport, uh, in my point of view, is starting to uh, to have this transform, digital transformation. So uh, I think now is the right time uh, for um, for this industry. Right. And I think everything uh, is uh, is pretty new. I think this is because uh, people feel uh, sport uh, is that is something that is uh, very healthy, uh, is a good li lifestyle. I remember 25 years ago, if you go to the street and you go to run, people would look at you like if you are a freak. You know? right. Today, if you don't do that, you are the freak. You right. Know? Right. So I think this is changing. So that's yeah. why uh, sport with technology and uh, sport enhanced with technology, it makes uh, a, a, a lot of sense. Uh, and if you yeah. can see all the uh, uh, all the brands like Garmin, Sunto, they, they are building uh, smart uh, devices for right. uh, sports. Right. That's why I think uh, everything starting, everything is digitalizing, and and now is the right time. And everything is uh, uh, and, and this industry is, is just starting. So uh, you, uh, sure. there's a lot of opportunities uh, there. No, I agree, and and I, I it's as you said, like you know, from from an industry perspective too, it's it, it's something that you know is still still going like into a touch technological space. You know, in many ways, of course, like you know, if you look at the athlete and performance side, they've been you know doing this a little bit for uh, you know maybe like 10, 15 years already, but but like a lot of innovation has come like through that. And then like now I think like you see more and more on from a like a business standpoint, you know, from like how do you help organizations and people are talking about like, you know, maybe not like ordinary tools that like normal business from from more ex like experienced industries were already using. Now that's coming into sports. And of course, like, you know, that's an effect. It's still still a young industry. Nonetheless, a lot totally. has happened and you got to keep that a little bit in mind. But there's also like so much you know, growth, so much potential in, in the consumer market and, and of course, like the sports and entertainment industry and just utilizing that. And I think, as you said, how do you, how do you essentially take advantage of that? Uh, and, and now more than ever, like things has to be, you know, digitalized, you know, especially like no one can travel more or less, you know, I haven't traveled in a, in a year. It's been like completely different for me from last year, but you know, that's, that's, that's a different story. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, and, and from, I'm just thinking like a little bit from an angel and investor perspective. And if you look like, like just the foundation of a startup and like, what, what do you need essentially to succeed? What are some of the key points that you need in order to, you know, be a potential suck story, like, like global or body that you, that you invested in and so forth? Like, what do you look after? I think the first one, well, there's several factors, but the first one uh, is the market size. Right. That's a challenge, especially for sports tech. Uh, I, I guess later on we'll talk about it, but right. the, the market should be huge and the trend uh, should be growing. You have, should have a growing trend. Uh, uh, I think all the unicorns that you can find, they, they have something in common, that the market was huge. Right. And this is the first question. Uh, the, is the market big enough uh, for build a 100 million company uh, in revenues? Uh, that, that, and that's not obvious. 
uh, because it's not it's not easy. Uh, in in our uh, in in my case, uh, when we started the scuba diving business, scuba diving was very small. I remember that the biggest uh, scuba diving store in Spain was doing uh, like uh, two million. So right. that was the market leader. So as you can imagine, uh, it was uh, so small when we surpassed uh, the uh, when we did three million. I was very happy because we got the the number one score in Spain, but so, but this is uh, so small, you know. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. can you can say that you are the leader, but the, the leader of what? Because right. it's, it's so small. The right. second thing is if there's uh, 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 the market fit, the, the, the your product and the need, uh, right? Because it's extremely complicated to find. Uh, um, the right uh, product for the right uh, for a big market, uh, especially in sports. When I think I already seen like twenty five companies that they are doing fan engagement. They, and that's like yeah, the, and the hot topic these days. It's a hot topic. Is like like holy grail that everybody is pursuing. But the thing is that it's extremely complicated to find one solution that uh, there's uh, no frictionless solution and right. it's very complicated no sure. so the, the the market the the, the product market fit that the right product for the right market right. and the third uh, for me is a team yeah because it's, it's not obvious uh, a lot of teams they have a strong focus on the product other teams they have a strong focus on sales in our industry, normally you have more uh, product-oriented uh, teams rather to sales-oriented, and right. uh, it should be very balanced. But uh, in a startup uh, like in football, uh, this is about uh, scoring goals. So right. sales, maybe uh, even even that everything should be balanced. Uh, uh, a self-driven uh, startup uh, always have more uh, chances to succeed. Uh, right. Yeah, and th and this is not obvious as well because I think the ninety percent of the startups that I'm meeting, they are totally product oriented. Yeah. Which is not bad, but but uh, uh, if you are in Silicon Valley, probably that's okay. But if you are in Europe, you should have sales, and right. and it's important. Looking into the future. The beginner faces a choice that leads him to the triumph, or not. Being surrounded by like-minded professionals can be the best guarantee that you actually take that crucial career step. Sport in Global is a digital network for sports jobs. It gives you the chance to be involved in the sports industry no matter who you are, regardless of gender, nationality, and experience. Our AI system matches up talent with human resources Candidates who align with the company's values and needs immediately get shortlisted. It saves time for HR and increases the opportunities available to applicants. The platform identifies tailor-made recommendations based on user needs, so you're always aware of the possibilities out there right now. SportIn Global is a place where students gain key tips about jobs and build the valuable connections that are essential for people at the beginning of their career path. The path from candidate to champion starts with a single step in the right direction. Sign up to Sport in Global. Sport in Global, the best way to enter the sports industry.
No, for sure. I, I think there's some really great advice, and and I think it's one thing that you're you're bringing up too, which is like, you know, of course, fan engagement. It's it's like you know, that one thing that everyone's been focused on, and it's also like you talk about like, okay, but what is, like, what other stuff can you capitalize on? Like, what is different? Like, of course, like the, there should be competition when things are are hot and things are moving forward, but but we always like look at like what what else can what else do the industry need? Like, what can it contribute with that people haven't thought about yet, or that you know is a problem that people haven't really maybe like you know acknowledged or or, or seen yet? And and these are also like sort of like the thing as you talk about with the scuba diving. It's like, oh, I had this problem, but then you know, and then you saw eventually that okay, there were more people like you that actually had that problem, and hence you could you know build a business out of it too. Uh, but but going a little bit back to the your experience in FC Barcelona and the board uh, there and and from your side like what what have you learned from this experience that you can bring you know if you like looking into like a sport student sport young young sport professional mindset like what could you learn like what could you bring to them from from this experience essentially? Sure, I learned a lot during uh, these uh, ten years. For sure. Probably the first story that I can share with you is that for someone like me that I was uh, 30 something years, uh, I was from a small town uh, here. I have no network in the industry. I have no network in Barcelona. Yeah. I think it was totally impossible to become board member. It was right. totally impossible. Uh, right. To become board member of SC Barcelona is like to become a minister in your country. Uh, right. It's as hard as that, and yeah. uh, and I work a lot. Uh, every time that I went, uh, uh, that uh, somebody asked me about uh, how I see myself in some years, I used to say, "Well, I want to become board member." And everybody were looking at me like this guy is crazy. You know, you yeah, know? yeah. I'm telling you, yes, I want to be the president of your country. You, know? you say, who, who, "Who is this guy?" You know, right. he's crazy right. or what? You no, know? so. I, the first lesson that I got is that no matter how hard it is, uh, so, uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, it's very important to understand to, uh, that it's totally different what is impossible with what is difficult. Uh, sometimes we confuse uh, the terms, uh, what sure. difficult and hard. And the second thing that I learned is that the dynamics of a corporation are totally different compared with the dynamics of a startup. Right. Uh, in the startup, there's no politics. I mean, uh, if we think that we have to go in this way, we'll go in this way, and that's it. In yeah. a corporation, there's other dynamics. I'm not right. going to say that it's better or worse, but it's right. totally different, and you need to learn how to play that. You know. Right. Yeah. So, if you want to start your startup or you want to join a startup, is uh, there's some rules. If you want to join a corporation, there's another rules. Right. Mm -hmm. And the third thing that I learned, and this is uh, probably is more related with the topic of today, right. is that when I joined the board 10 years ago, uh, yeah. technology and digital was so, uh, uh, nice to have, uh, was right. not strategic, uh, was something geek. I think that when I told them about how to build a global fan base, uh, everybody were looking at me like uh, I was a crazy guy. When I told them that uh, content is a core business uh, for us, 
Yeah. Is uh, and they say no. Our core business is not to produce uh, TV shows. Our core business right, right. is is to play uh, sports. Uh, and right. I think uh, the third thing that I learned is uh, sometimes when you mix uh, industries, you 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 have some hybridification of your business model. Right. Innovation happens uh, because yeah. what uh, I did there with a digital strategy is basically uh, to use digital and technology uh, to evolve our core business. Nowadays, uh, content is uh, one of the core business of uh, FC Barcelona, but right. not only sport business, eh? this yeah. is, which is obvious. Eh? The, uh, we started our Basa Studios and we are producing several TV shows, documentaries, right. cartoons for kids, fiction movies uh, and uh, in now uh, uh, and this business is is uh, significant nowadays eh? i right. cannot close uh, the numbers but is a uh, there's a lot of millions of ebitda business nowadays a content business for barca and right. uh, this is very important and uh, and uh, uh, so the, the, the third point uh, is that with technology, you can transform your uh, core business. And this is beautiful. And there's a huge Absolutely. opportunity there. No, for sure. And I, I mean, like, what a journey, though. Like, I mean, you talk about, like, you know, 10 years in the board there. And like, as, as, you, as you said, look, going from, uh, you know, technology being like, you know, maybe nice to have and, and for more for the players and then like or maybe like transitioning more to okay we, we need like some tracking for our players and like making sure that their performance and totally. then you're like well what about like where where does our fans come from you know and like a big club like like Barcelona right like with, with a global audience you know need to capitalize on this and obviously as they have but but yeah it's it's a learning process I think for for a lot of people and especially now too it's like people need to like okay how do we you know utilize this digital um, position that we're in right now to to make the most out of it and, and this is also why it's important for the young students and why we're doing this podcast too it's like okay what what should they focus on like what should be some of their elements and if they're interested in maybe like you know starting their own venture like either as an entrepreneur or or a sport professional like what what do you see as some of like the key skill set and values that you should they should possess you know because this is always interesting i think hmm. well i will give you uh, two advices one more rational and one not directional uh, <laughs> a, a non-rational advice will be that uh, you should focus on what you like yeah uh, in my case i focus on scuba diving uh, 25 right. years ago which is you know uh, it was a small uh, market, a small, uh, it was a niche market, I mean, and I say, so uh, it's important to focus on what you like and uh, yeah, and uh, if you enjoy something, uh, focus on that. Uh, maybe today is not a business and a business takes long to be built. Uh, and. The, the second advice, more rational, is that uh, it's important to find a big market. Yep. And in our case, even the squad diving was a small market. Uh, we make it big when we evolve from scuba diving to outdoor uh, sports. 
Right. Uh, in 10 years, uh, it was a scuba diving uh, e-commerce, but then uh, we joined a, a, a new CEO that uh, nowadays he's uh, probably the, one of the best entrepreneurs in Spain, and he's a major shareholder of the companies uh, already. Yep. He uh, he uh, bring the company from scuba diving, that is a niche market, to outdoor sports, that is right. much bigger, that right. much bigger. So uh, find what you love and focus on that, yep. and look for a big market. Nice. Uh, yeah. What about some of like, what do you see as like some of the key values that, that people should have? Like from your side, like what kind of values are important for you? What do you look after? Like even like when like you're evaluating teams and startups, like what kind of values hmm. do you see after? Yeah, for me, it's very easy. Uh, well, values, uh, everybody, uh, everyone has uh, their own values. And right. All the values are good. Right? Yeah. So for me, it's very important the good people, good. And uh, good professionals, but uh, with people that I will be become friends. Right. Uh, right. I think the most of my partners, executive, they've been with me for more than 15 years, uh, you know, and yeah uh i think it will be impossible if they are not good professionals or they are not good people yeah. but the concept of good people is very subjective eh? because right. maybe for me it's not the same you know yeah, yeah. people i will go to have a dinner with this guy but not a professional not professional dinner i will go sure. to the cinema i will go to have a drink uh, yeah, but yeah. i would uh, have a meet uh I would meet this guy for go to scuba diving. I would go to meet right. this guy for the weekend. I think this is the question. Hmm? Right. Is this, is this someone that you can spend more time with besides the, the, the meeting room, you know? <laughs> That's right. I think that there's a consultancy firm. I, I forgot which one. Maybe it was McKinsey. They say that they have the Wichita test. Hmm. Uh, imagine that uh, you have a project in Wichita us that there's yeah. nothing besides uh, work yeah uh, in a cold winter and would you spend a uh, winter with this guy uh, sharing the same apartment yes right. or no yeah uh, yeah the wichita test that, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep that in mind it's, it's a good uh, it's a good question i'll bring that into my 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 full uh, analysis when we recruit new people <laughs> yeah but that that's important uh, yeah i this, agree yeah, I don't mean that you have to become friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah, no. You can or you cannot, but right. this is somebody that uh, I will become friends with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and the thing, this is important. Uh, absolutely, 100%. Um, did again, and with that, I think, you know, we're, we're pretty much uh, at the end of our, our podcast. It's been, it's been going fast. I, I truly appreciate you you know, sh taking the time, sharing your insights and, and your knowledge. I don't know if you have like some final words, words of wisdom <laughs> before we sure. wrap up. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, something that I would like to share is that sports tech is an amazing industry, but uh, uh, it's still very small, Yeah, very small. If, you, if someone is looking for an app tracking the performance of a professional footballer, that can be a great business, but it's right. very small because for each professional footballer that you have, probably you have 10,000 non-professional footballers. Right. And sometimes the focus on the, of the company can determine the size of the market. 
know. Mm. I will give you an example. The big uh, explosion of a uh, outdoor brand like North Face. Yeah, yeah. When they uh, went from uh, providing uh, high tech equipment for go to the Himalaya, right? They realized that the same equipment, the same uh, coat, you can dress it. Uh, during the weekend for go to buy the bread right and for every guy that is going to himalaya you have ten thousand that is going uh, to buy the uh, the newspaper or the bread during the right. weekend and yeah. to change your focus it will change your market yeah? right so uh, i think the almost the 90 percent of all the sports tech startups that i'm meeting yeah they have a focus in a very 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 small market yeah? and I think this is my uh, my last advice that uh, it's important to target the right market and maybe it's better to target the guys who are going to buy the newspaper during the weekends instead of targeting the high uh, the top uh, sport guy that is going to the Himalaya. Right. No, it's it's a really great advice and it's a perfect way to end the end this podcast. So with that, Didak, I would like to thank you once again for taking the time. And with every podcast video we're doing, we're always finishing up with Yisnakis, which means see you later in Norwegian. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Didak. Thank you. Thanks a lot.